0: Daniel Jones will get them to the playoffs. Then they'll bench him, bring out Eli for the playoffs. He'll go kind of three-lie style, all Super Saiyan, and then take out the Pats first. welcome to All Four Quarters. Your one-stop shop for news, views, and overreactions to all things NFL. there has been a lot of news around the league this week. A lot of injuries. A lot of changes to lineups, and uh, a lot of exciting games. Let's dive straight on in. So, hey, we got Connor here, and we got Roman.
1: Hello.
0: How are you getting on? Any crack? Ah, quite enough.
1: Just uh, enjoying the uh, the football week two. A deadly week. Definitely mm-hmm. had a better week than. Uh, Several quarterbacks this week. Yeah, um, good God. But yeah, tipping away at work, About a couple of months off from the release, so just working away at that. So hopefully things will go
0: fine with that. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, quite enough here. It's uh it was irritating. the first time that I had the 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 Chiefs are playing the late game, and unfortunately, the late game for me kicks off at like midnight. Uh, by late game I mean like the nine o'clock slots for us. <laughs> like, uh, the so can I watched the early games watched the first half hour of the Chiefs game and then went to bed and then realised actually I can just put on Game Pass on my mobile plug in the headphones and I can listen to it as if it's a radio broadcast and then proceeded <laughs> to not sleep until like half one at night even though I was in bed because like ooh exciting things are happening this is a hell of a second <laughs> second quarter I wonder what will happen in the third and but the... you
1: avoided that blue light that's the important thing right oh yeah yeah. percent
0: <laughs> but no it was, uh, it was good fun uh, so yeah we, we Got a few people now tipping around here. We're having a bit of, bit of crack watching us here in the in the group. So uh, I suppose we'll fly on into the news and stuff because there's a lot going on here. Um, good God, this is just carnage for quarterbacks this week. Uh, we'll start at the top. Uh, New Orleans quarterback Drew Brees has injured his thumb when he tried to give Aaron Donald a high five. And he is now out for expected about six weeks. Um Obviously it's a huge shot to the Saints, Uh, they kind of depend heavily on Drew Brees. Even though they've been building a team that doesn't require him as much, he is still the heart of that team. So they had Teddy Bridgewater in, he did so-so, as we'll say. Well, We'll discuss it in the games. So there's a lot of talk about maybe they should swap from Teddy Bridgewater playing and actually bring in Taysom Hill for the kind of five or six weeks.
1: Yeah, and I think... You know, you're looking at this and you're worried because when they when Teddy Bridgewater came in against the Rams. He looked very, very raw. Didn't really look like he was like ready for the prime time, basically. And the run game, which you would expect to be pretty good, they have a good offensive line. They have Alvin Kamara. They have Latavius Murray as a backup. Didn't really do anything, and they basically had to rely on the pass game. And Teddy just wasn't up to it, it seemed. obviously, they have Aaron Donald. They have a good, like a good defense. But it is is the same defense that was run. A rough shot over by CMC uh, by Carolina the week before so it's not that good yeah so you'd be very worried that unless they kind of like Teddy Bridgewater where he is now at this moment he's someone you have to build around and based on that admittedly small sample size there is a chance that you know this could go really wrong really quick and of course if that does happen there may be some murmurings about Maybe we should get this Taysom Hill a bit more time. Obviously, when the head coach compares him to Steve Young, that doesn't exactly help those type of rumours.
0: No, of course. And to be honest, this has been a bit of a brutal week for a number of teams. Pittsburgh's quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, has injured his elbow and he's gone for the season. Um, Now, from what I gather, it's not as bad an injury as they initially thought, Uh, Tommy something I think was the name of the one that was being floated around but basically that um, he will be out for the season it's not the one that causes a nerve issue in the arm long term but there's obviously going to be questions with a guy who's been injured quite a lot a lot of people say his heart maybe isn't in the game anymore and you know is just a bit of a crybaby who bitches about all the rest of his teammates (laughs) like whether or not he'll actually be able to do a year of rehab to come back because he's guaranteed a shitload of money even if he's injured and out now so might not be too bad a spot but it does mean the Pittsburgh are going to get to have a look at Mason Rudolph so they drafted him hoping to be grooming him as a replacement for Ben so it'll be interesting at least to see you know they'll get to try the kid out
1: yeah and they're, they're pretty high in him he had a good preseason overall and in his first showing in the Seahawks you know some good plays some bad plays the interception he got wasn't really his fault that was Dottie Moncrief mm-hmm. he was terrible at football so I think yeah, like, there's a big question over the long-term future of this franchise, and if Mason Rudolph does well, if he gets them to, like, 8-8, eight eight, that kind of situation, because the team is probably good enough around him to still be competitive, then, yeah, the questions over whether Big Ben is the future of the franchise will inevitably start. And, you know, his class, you know, the time might be running out of them, as we'll talk about in a little moment.
0: No, of course. Uh, New York Jets' Sam Darnold uh, got mono, and he's out for a couple <laughs> of weeks. Just kissing girls down the Jersey Turnpike, the Bankines. Uh So, of course, that meant that Trevor Simeon came in and uh, started the game for them, proceeded to damage his ankle, and he's now out for the season as well. Luke Falk, the third stringer, came in and actually, like, while there wasn't anything really scary about their offense he did well in terms of completion percentage and like kind of chugging along albeit a bit pedestrian um so they're going to be running with luke falk and then whoever they can pick up off the street presumably as a backup although there has been reports of sam Darnold being back in the building now uh just being told he's not allowed to make kissy face with anyone else on the team (laughs)
1: yeah and like their emergency backup on monday night football was levy on bell and based on how much he was trying to carry that offence single-handedly Maybe they should just stick with that and go full wildcat if Luke Bulk somehow manages to get cursed as well.
0: Yeah, no madness. So we'll keep a track on when Sam Darnold's back, but that jet seems we'll talk in a bit. Just weren't looking too, like they were Boy. up to too much. Carolina quarterback Cam Newton is re- re-aggravated his foot sprain, so now they're not sure if he's going to be able to play next week. There's lines of Kyle Allen to likely be the starter, who I don't know much about outside of, I think he played in Texas A&M in college uh, or something along those lines. Um, but they do have the third round pick will Greer sitting on the bench as well so there's potential for looking at that, which I think they probably will try to avoid unless it's a longer term that cam is going to be out for, right?
1: Yeah, but like we know how this story goes they they bring in the safe backup and they suck because that's why they're a backup mm. and then the fans immediately like it's, it's bad enough when you have an actual starter in there. now you have the backup in and he sucks. He's going to be pulled pretty quickly if Cam Newton is out for a while and Kyle Allen can't, isn't up to snuff. Like, I think Cam Newton, we saw on Thursday Night Football, does not look right. Like, there's issues with his shoulder still. He changes his throwing motion and doesn't look the same. And then, obviously, we know there was a foot issue, a foot sprain in the offseason, and now that's been reaggravated, which basically takes his run game more or less out of the situation. So... Even if Cam Newton does play this week or plays going forward, you do have to wonder are oh, we basically seeing an accelerated version of what we saw last season, where it's just a matter of time to get until he gets pulled properly.
0: No, of course, um, and obviously it's a big shot for a team. We're looking at kind of a you know that, like that division is just wide open at the moment. Yeah, so a couple of other injuries around the league. Chargers. Hunter Henry has fractured his tibia. He's out for four to six weeks, and they've lost another safety in Adrian Phillips. Uh, Oakland's rookie safety Jonathan Abrams has torn his rotator cuff he's out for a season impressively he apparently played like half of the first game with a torn rotator cuff he said oh I just used the other shoulder to tackle because I didn't know what was up um, Joe Staley How you
1: tackle with your arms Jonathan
0: <laughs> Joe Staley's out for two months the offensive tackle for San Fran and Isaiah Wynn uh, the tackle for New England mm-hmm. has got turf toe so we don't know a couple of weeks so uh, just a few other bits of injuries around the league nothing too much standing out apart from the chargers continue to do charger things
1: like it is worth noting New England they do look really really good so the fact that their offensive line which is pretty uh, pretty shallow right now maybe there's a little bit of chink in the armour there well, mm. we have to believe that New England aren't going to try and go uh, the, the perfect season after, <laughs> uh, after all of that we've got, uh,
0: we've got that week 14 game up in uh Circled, you know, that's gonna be uh, gonna be a big one. Uh, controversy corner. So, like we said, there's even more news about quarterbacks here. Daniel Jones has been named the starter for the Giants. Eli is being benched and probably rightfully so. We were talking about this earlier ourselves and saying basically if they hadn't made such a balls of the previous benching of Eli when they brought in um, what was his name? Was the Gino Smith Geno Smith in to to, to to play. Like realistically, if they hadn't made such a balls of that we probably would have seen Eli on the bench earlier this time around, I think. Their offensive line has played well. They've got a good running back. They've got a tight end. They've got a couple of weapons outside with some more coming back in week four with Golden Tate. It was Eli that was the problem on that offense.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I think there are other issues in the offense. There is a lack of talent, particularly a receiver, but... I think we saw when he did have good receivers in the previous like multiple years, three years at this point, he didn't do much with them either, so I don't think that would fix it. So I think you know, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones uh, had a really good preseason, and once he did that, once he looked really good and, and basically turned the haters around, um, it was basically inevitable unless Eli Kemp flying out of the gate, and he simply hasn't. He's just looked the same player. Can't throw the ball downfield anymore. Completely reliant on quick screens to say Quan Barkley, and you know his anticipation, his reading of the game, just is nowhere near where it needs to be. If he's going to make up for his lack of basically arm talent, physical presence anymore. No, of course. So I think with Daniel Jones, they get someone who people were pretty questionable on during the draft. But as I said, the preseason went well, so the hype train is fully, fully loaded up and so we can only watch how the Giants go from here but as I mentioned the team mightn't be that good so we'll see how
0: far that hype trend we, we can have a we have a repeat of the other Manning brother as well so basically he's going to get benched Daniel Jones will get them to the playoffs then they'll bench him bring out Eli for the playoffs he'll go kind of three lie style all super science, and then take out the Pats first yeah but
1: Sure, Pat Mahomes will do that for us anyway, it's grand.
0: That's true, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey got into a fight with Doug Marone on the sidelines during their game on the weekend and is now looking for a trade. All reports say that he hasn't actually spoken to Marone since the fight on the sideline, which says a lot. Um, there are rumours of KC being involved, there's rumours of the Eagles being involved, there's even, and this is a bizarre, rumours of the Titans being heavily interested. So, like, Could you imagine trading in division, like... Are, quality player like that would will be nuts like so um, yeah I don't know what I don't know the where he's going to land
1: Butler in the same secondary?
0: yeah it'd be crazy feisty. absolutely nuts Um, but yeah so we'll see where that stuff kind of tends to go but at the moment it's looking like he's out of there so it's rare that you'll get a quarterback of this quality particularly like mid-season coming out and being available so it'll be interesting to see what the market is like it seems everyone's saying a first plus a pick or a first plus a player
1: He's had you know a rough 20, He had a rough 2018 he's been okay so far he obviously has that elite level talent but obviously you know a first round pick isn't nothing and I think they want that plus more and then you have a situation where he'll be needing to get paid pretty soon so it's not it's not a complete bargain mm-hmm. but I think if you need a corner and let's be honest there are plenty of teams who need a corner who are also competitive then, yeah, this isn't a bad way to spend Mm -hmm. that type of draft capping.
0: No, of course. And uh, finally, Denver ownership are having some issues as Pat Bolin's daughters are filing a lawsuit about the trust who are in charge of choosing the team's owner. So I don't know a huge amount about this one, just something to track, really.
1: Yeah, like this kind of Denver ownership situation has been ongoing for multiple years, including when Pat Bolin was still alive. Um, but this is just, you know, that this legal situation is going to continue to go on and on. Um, interesting uh, that the legal team who represent the trust basically said that the daughters are risking complete disinheritance if they, you know, by choosing this path. So,
0: no, of course, you know,
1: rich people are going to rich people. So yeah, we'll see if it affects, you know, obviously we do know that ownership can matter. So we'll see if that has any effect. Mm.
0: Uh, crime and punishment, what are they doing? Probably felonies. Antonio Brown's... civil suit that I think we mentioned in the last uh, episode basically a former personal trainer for flexibility and and, uh, gymnastics. I think Brittany Taylor uh, has brought sexual assault allegations. Uh, There's also been mention of a second accuser in a number of articles about this, as well as there being uh, rumors floating around that Brown's team have been in settlement talks with Brittany Taylor for a number of months leading up to this. So that would also suggest that this is not out of the blue, something that Brown was hiding from the uh, hiding from the teams when he was moving around during the summer. He obviously claims that this is not true and he's countersuing. Uh, but I think, out of everything in this, the weirdest part for me is like the NFL are investigating, they're going to decide if there's something that'll be worth kind of uh, that they would be able to put him on the list and stuff. The thing that I don't understand is New England were playing the Dolphins, a team that are terrible and a team that they're going to absolutely destroy. So they make a point of bringing. A.B. out and playing him in that game and look he had whatever four catches and a rush attempt or something had his touchdown and then they had to like you know sneak him out of the dressing room so he's not there for media availability whenever they come in afterwards to talk to him they have to constantly refuse to talk about it and deal with questions throughout the week over it like was the amount of shit that him playing caused worth him picking up 60 yards in a game against a team that they're going to beat anyway
1: if you sit him, I think you'd have to keep sitting him until this cleared up, and by all accounts, it doesn't look like it's going to clear up. So if you're if you believe if you believe that you should play Antonio Brown, if you want him to be on your team playing this year, this season, I think you had to play him. Um, now whether they should have, and whether it's a good idea to basically allow this to kind hold on and basically create this swirl of controversy that's going to go on around your team. For many many months to come, because you know we know that litigation does not take a trivial amount of time. Yeah. Um. Then yeah, that's a bigger question. But I think if they, if they like, obviously they're planning to play planning to play him, and because of that, they had to play in Miami. I think if you sat him this week, you'd have to keep sitting him. But uh, like you could like you
0: just could, in terms you, of you, you could sit him with like an excuse like oh we're just getting him up to speed in the playbook or whatever like because it's not like he was out there the whole time he was in for like 30 percent of snaps like he wasn't up to speed on the full playbook. Yeah,
1: like. Maybe you could pull it, but I think that's probably how they saw things. I think maybe you're taking a leaf out of the uh, current American president's book, you know, you front up and you just say nothing's wrong and you just pretend basically none of this exists. And of course, this just like it's a problem because in this case, of course, it's in the team's hands because since it's a civil matter, not a criminal matter, mm. you know, probably felony because of. Probably yeah. a felony did happen, but in this case it's not been uh, litigated as such, um, means that the NFL can't intervene at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they are doing their own investigation. If that investigation shows something up, then they can do something. But, yeah, I think the New England Patriots, obviously their relationship with the league is, hasn't been positive for the last few years. But this just feels like, a, for many, including some of the Patriots fans that we know, this may be a bridge too far in terms of like what they're willing to tolerate in the pursuit of victory.
0: Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that and see how it develops as time goes on. Uh, we had a couple of bits of trades. Pittsburgh, this is a big one, interestingly, traded 2021st, 20, 20 a 5th, and a 6th. Uh, I think the 5th is 2020 and the 6th is 2021. For safety, Minka Fitzpatrick, a 4th and a 7th from Miami. So, Minka was known to want to get out of uh, <laughs> Miami like pretty much everyone else does at <laughs> the moment. Um Yeah, Pittsburgh, this is interesting to me because I think Pittsburgh are getting a great deal here because they're getting a very good player who was also being played somewhat out of position on a very cheap deal because more than half his money has been paid in a signing bonus that Dolphins eat. So I think he counts like one and a half, two and three million against the cap over the next three years. So they're getting a very good player for nothing. But this is a team that's just had their starting quarterback go down. That have like messes all over the team at the moment. No one knows whether they're good or bad. I think they're zero two so far. So the best description of this trade I heard is like, "Oh my god, the Pittsburgh Steelers just went from a four and twelve team to a four and twelve team." Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like obviously Pittsburgh. They believe that their defense can be elated. It has not been thus far. Um, and obviously they're a defense first team historically um, and obviously Mason Rudolph they're obviously not completely thrown in the tabbing. and maybe to a certain extent you know making like choosing to go through with this trade is also a signal to the fans hey this season isn't over stick with us we'll still make a competition of the AFC mm-hmm. North um, and I think yeah I think that the price is probably fair um, I'm not sure if it's a bargain but it's definitely a fair price and I think with Minka Fitzpatrick it's not just that the Dolphins suck but I think uh, Flores, the head coach in Miami, definitely did not want to use Minka as he wanted to be used. Like basically, Minka sees himself as a free safety, slot corner type of hybrid, and he was being played as a linebacker by Flores. So I think maybe Flores is trying to make a point about it's my system, it's my way or the highway type mm-hmm. of Bill Belichick like. But uh, you know, the the amount of tanking, that the deepness of this fish tank now in Miami is is quite. Quite extraordinary at this point as they wow. just shed talent by the week.
0: Yeah, like but this is the thing, like, because realistically, all they yeah. are giving up is a, a first, um, and it's it's even like a first, and they're getting a bit of compensation back nearly because they're giving their fifth and getting the Miami's fourth, so they're moving up in that one, and then they're dropping a sixth yeah. f- for a seven, which like, is negligible. But
1: really. I would still see Mink if it's Patrick Moore as a promising player than as a proven product. I think he's been good when used properly, but I don't think he's shown the kind of elite level talent um, yet that means that this is like a surefire hit. So but it's probably more certain than just uh, like a random first round pick. But I don't think it's it's a surefire hit either. No, of uh, course. but I think in their secondary they definitely could use an additional bit of help for a secondary that's full of like decent but not great players.
0: No of course. And the Jets picked up uh, Demarius Thomas in a trade from New England for a twenty twenty fifth round pick. Uh, this is after Quincy and went on IR and also obviously New England bolstering their receiving core with the Antonio Brown pickup. Um, this is mostly interesting to me because it now completes the circle that now Bill Belichick has done a trade with every single team, so he had never traded with the Jets up until this point, because uh, obviously there was the tumultuous relationship. But didn't he sign like a, one day with them and then leave to go to the New yeah. England Patriots? So, yeah. So this just completes that little circle. And to be honest, it's a handy little learner for the Patriots because picking up that fifth for a player who was like roster bubble really for them is is a nice bit of business. Patriots, huh? Yeah. Uh, any other bits? Uh, Miami signed cornerback Aaron Colvin after Houston cut him. Um, yeah, it just... Why they cut him is beyond me. Houston have to pay $7.5 for this guy who... Yeah, look, he wasn't great, but it wasn't his fault you lost. And yeah. Bill O'Brien is just... I, I had yeah I spent too much time on Sunday arguing that Bill O'Brien should have been fired 2 years ago and I don't know what the fuck they're still doing with him.
1: Yeah like this is just like well we we've talked enough about Bill O'Brien over the last few weeks but uh, yeah this is just another it's another feather in his cap of dickishness yeah. but it's not like the Houston secondary is overflowing with spare capacity no. of talent so uh, sure why not says Bill uh, well, we'll see at the end of the year if your team can hold up.
0: Yeah, And the uh, the Jets have signed Sam Ficken uh, getting rid of, uh, who is it, Kari uh, Vedic, who, is yeah. he the one that they traded for from the Vikings?
1: No, so the, <laughs> the Vikings traded a fifth-round pick to the Baltimore Ravens for Kari Vedic, after he had a really good street <laughs> season. Oh, and right. he was then cut by the, 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 the Minnesota Vikings when he had a really bad preseason and yeah. then he was picked up by the Jets. That's where had, it's coming from. He sucked balls in week one and now he's been caught and probably will never be seen again. I believe that Sam Pickett had one field goal one field goal attempt, one field goal for 46. So 100% record, they finally fixed it.
0: Yeah, excellent. Uh, so I suppose we'll move on and we'll take a look at the games from last week. Okay, so first up we have Tampa Bay at Carolina, 20-14. to Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is that offense at the moment. They stopped him, so there was nothing really happening. Both teams looked poor. Cam looked injured and unable to do the things he used to do. Jameis Winston didn't look good, but did enough to get it done. The Tampa Bay defense looked okay, but I don't know if that was them being good or Carolina being Let's be honest, very one-dimensional. Cam Newton basically didn't look like he was a viable quarterback.
1: Yeah, like I think both defenses are kind of okay, but not great. I think Carolina, we kind of know them. They're kind of, you know, we kind of know where they are. But I think Tampa Bay, Also, they have a lot of big guys up front. They have Sue, they have Vita Vey. So I think they're the perfect defense for like 1989 when stopping the run was the first priority, mm-hmm. but I think you know, and that worked against a team where they're completely reliant on the running back. But I think going forward, we'll see more of their really inexperienced secondary continue to be exposed, and whether the Jameis Winston experiment will continue, because um, he continues to get killed. To be honest, behind that Bruce Arians uh, scheme, yeah, Bruce Arians loves
0: like those. He loves those like deep drop kind of yeah. long passings, and like they don't James- have the skill to do it.
1: Jameis is sneaky really bad at deep passing. There's a reason Deshaun Jackson basically wilted while <laughs> just he was there. Crying to began... get out of there. Yeah, and why he became suddenly great again for one week when he got back to Philly. Like I think Jameis just isn't that accurate a thrower. And for, I suppose, a gunslinger, that's a bit of an issue. Yeah, he...
0: <laughs> man, he can throw it, but he just keeps hitting our fans in the stands. <laughs> Like and Mike
1: Evans bigs up for a lot. That's probably how he's got away with it.
0: So yeah. Far. And next up, Arizona, Baltimore. This was a bit of a surprise for me. 17-23. to 23. Lamar dominated with two touchdowns. Like he got 120 on the ground, so he's like he just showed, remember I can pass it, but I can also still be a running threat as well. Yeah. Uh, like they just looked very good. The defense didn't step up as much as I thought in this game. Like Tyler Murray looked a bit better. They were moving the ball a bit more effectively, there's a bit more excitement to that offense. But like I think all three of the field goals came from within twenty yards or something, like they just couldn't finish drives whenever it got condensed. And yeah. that that is one of the risks about a smaller quarterback. That like when you can't stretch the field, they don't have the ability to kind of look around or see, like yeah that kind of stuff. I I was impressed with the Baltimore's offensive production, particularly through the tight ends. Arizona looked a little bit better to me, but I honestly, after two weeks, still don't know how good Baltimore is. Yeah, well, they
1: they, they kind of got a couple of tomato cans, you know. So and they only put up
0: twenty three in this one, didn't they?
1: Yeah, like it's it's just kind of a situation where obviously they're going about to get the big test in week three as we'll talk about against mm. Kansas City, but I think you can only be what's in front of you as the cliche goes and they whooped the Miami Dolphins and they put away Arizona. Like this kind of feels like one of those wins where like they, they, they dominated the first half, they made Arizona look ordinary and Kyler included. Um, and then they, took the, they, they probably took the foot off the pedal a bit and then Arizona, which seems to be now their calling card, decided well we'll do one quarter where we look promising and just intrigue and just have a like, you know, bring you along and maybe you'll be invested that this offense is the best thing in the world, but I think as you said like, that red zone efficiency being so low kind of tells you that like, you know, if your offense is completely dependent on the idea of space and spacing and speed then if you can't get it done in the, in the red zone It doesn't matter how good it is because, you know, that's where the money is made. That's where you get your wins. And, you know, we know that on the other side of the ball, the defenses that stop you in the red zone, like the New England Patriots, those are the ones that win championships. So I think for Mm -hmm. Arizona, yes, lots of flashy plays, lots of excitement, lots of highlights for Kyler. But until they can get something that actually works and puts points up regularly, I'm, I'm still selling yeah. them to be honest no of
0: course um, Baltimore will hold for now yeah uh, LA Chargers at Detroit 10-13 to 13, I could not care less about a game LA Chargers returns <laughs> to making a balls of kicking Rivers through an interception oh wow what a surprise that never happens Detroit win but look bleh like I don't care all, all this tells me is that the Chargers are a little bit worse than I thought they were and Detroit are just as bland as I remember them being
1: I'm not sure the Chargers are worse, but they are basically as unlucky and just lack that basically patriots type edge. Like, they also lost... Uh, no, they don't like that the
0: Patriots-style edge. They scored 10 points against the fucking Detroit Lions.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they also had, like, a fumble on the one-yard line. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's like they had a lot of situations here to win the game and they got rid of them, but obviously to be in those situations consistently you have to be still a pretty decent team. Or playing the Detroit Lions. And the defense is pretty good. I'm like, yeah, the Lions, they just look like, they look like maybe like a seven-win, eight-win team. They'll just kind of keep chugging along, but I don't expect them to be relevant come the end of the season. And, like, honestly, after, you know, a year and a bit out of Matt Patricia, still not even sure what their game plan is. It just kind of seems like they're kind of, we're, we're sure solid, but that's not really going to be enough, especially in a division full of teams that, if they get hot, do have that upside to really kind of blow out.
0: Yeah, like, I think there's just not a lot to learn from that. just mistakes all around. Just poor football. Uh, Indianapolis of Tennessee, 19-17. to 17. Um, Yeah, Mariota again collapsing we, we, we talked about this in off season we talked about this every off season for the last two years three years Mariota is not a good football player averaging five and a half yards per attempt there's no way they're going to extend him unless they just really hate their fan bases um, Indianapolis get the win here but don't look impressive there was rumours swirling that Vinatieri is going to retire after like just having a nightmare of the first two weeks um, yeah like again not much learnt in this game Indianapolis look okay, but not exciting. Tennessee look to be the mediocrity we thought they were.
1: Yeah, I and mean, it's just like the with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, it just kind of feels that like the Colts are are kind of like the Titans now. Like they have a, a solid quarterback, doesn't really do anything too exciting. Uh, maybe a little more mistake prone, but maybe more willing to throw deep. And yeah, it just doesn't feel like the Colts. You know, based on what they had it just feels a little bit underwhelming. And Mariota, I think with Mariota, the one thing that they still refuse to do, and I understand why, because he's so injury prone, but if they want to start like getting wins on the regular, maybe it's time that they start bringing out the designed runs for Mariota again, because I think every time he does that, well, until he gets injured, he always <laughs> does look pretty effective at it. So I think for a team where you know, it's their final year with him, there's not much like there's not more three years of investment. It's time to use him fully, see what he can do, and if he uses his full set of skills, maybe the team can be ignited and become more than just a grinding nine and seven team every game like yeah. within three to five
0: points. Yeah, here's hoping. Uh Sam Fran at Cincinnati forty one to seventeen. Wow, this is a lot more one sided than I was expecting it to be. Uh San Francisco don't seem to be worried at all about their injuries to running backs, as pretty much every running back from Brita to Mozart to the guy who they just brought up from the practice squad during the yeah. week were all just thumping Jefferson it. Wilson Jr. You know, yeah, like it was, it, was, back. it was crazy. <laughs> their defensive line looked good, as we were kind of expecting it to, given they've kind of invested heavily in picks and trades to fill that in, as well as the draft picks that they brought in for it. Overall, it was a pretty impressive performance from San Francisco. Even if it wasn't, you know, everything you hooked from Jimmy Garoppolo. This was a this was a running back game. Cincinnati looked poor in this. Uh, I think they kind of ended up having to go away from their game plan very early on, and then just didn't really know how to adjust to it. Um, there was a couple of mistakes in their defense as well. You'd want to see their like run uh, their, their 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 run defense kind of step up a little bit more because. When the guys were just so heavily leaning on it? Why you weren't just bringing in more jumbo packages and saying, "Right, beat us through the air if you have to."
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of worried at Cincinnati. They're kind of they have that kind of culture. I know they have a new head coach, but the culture is very much a fade away culture. Once mm-hmm. they're out, they're kind of they will probably just kind of punch in, punch out, not really do the job. And for San Francisco, yeah, like I've, I've talked about so many times before, the Shanahan system is just basically made to put any running back in and they get 100 yards, mm-hmm. and I think that'll continue, but I think and the defensive line looked really good. But, of course, we still haven't seen, like, if there comes a game where they can shut down the run and the defensive line isn't doing it, will Jimmy G be good enough to carry this team on his back? He's going to have to do that a few times this season. So, you know, if the running game does get shut down, can Jimmy G carry this team? Nothing in the first two weeks lets us know one way or the other right now. Um, and to be honest, the evidence hasn't been favourable thus far, in my opinion. Um, but hey, who cares if you're running this well?
0: That's true. Jacksonville, Houston, twelve to thirteen. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> Jacksonville went for two because for some reason they didn't trust Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew the second was incredible, particularly in the uh, particularly in the like the game tying drive. They then decided to fuck up and go for two on. Um, Yeah, that was fun. Uh, Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's nice to see the guy do okay. I was amazed that their defense held Houston to uh, to 13 points in this game. Uh, I just don't understand it fully. Like, I know the O-line isn't fixed, so he's going to get injured a bit. But, like, they had production in the running game in this. They've got a brilliant quarterback and wide receiver combo. Like... Their defence did well because the guys had, you know, whatever, seven points going into a minute or two left. So I just don't get how Houston at home so vastly underperformed.
1: Well, I think partially it is still the offensive line. And obviously, Larry McTunsell went out this game. Um, uh, He's fine, apparently. He'll be back next week. Mm. Um, So that obviously didn't help either. Um, I think also, you know... I think Jalen Ramsey did do a pretty job with DeAndre Hopkins. He was following him around, and that's what he likes to do. And mm-hmm. he, isn't, he isn't allowed to do that enough, and that's why he's so pissed off most of the time. Um, and I think, to be fair, and to, and another thing, Houston killed themselves plenty of times. There was a fair few drives where their own mistakes kind of caught up to them. But right? there was one in particular just when they came out near the start of the second half where they basically fumbled the ball twice. on on two snaps in a row and you're kind of like come on Houston get your shit together when they can snap the ball right to Watson and he's given more than a second to pass it I think you still saw a few flashes of the offense but I think you know you see here that with a smothering defense um, which can shut down Hopkins that yeah there is Something that you can get out of this offense and you can shut it down. And of course when we get to the business end of the season, that's exactly what they're likely to be seeing. So Houston probably still favoured for the AFC side, but uh, the the issues that we've thought about them continue to exist and they're not going away.
0: Yeah, no, of course. And this Jacksonville team, I'm, I'm intrigued with them to see what they can do. If they can kind of wrestle their their, their, their kind of locker room back under control a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it looks like they're going to start to potentially collapse. Uh, particularly, their fan base seems to be getting quite aggressive about the the idea that they're going to side with Doug Marone rather than like a proper shutdown corner that they drafted themselves is uh, having a lot of them up in arms. Uh, next up, we have Minnesota at Green Bay, sixteen to twenty one. This was an exciting one, I must say. Uh, I made the mistake of picking Minnesota. I completely forgotten until I was sitting down having a beer, watching the games, like, oh yeah. What's Kirk Cousins' record against winning teams? <laughs> <laughs> Cousins made an absolute balls of it, throwing interceptions. Uh, the run game looked fantastic. Like, the Green Bay defense looks... Legitimately very good this year I find it very hard to tell From the Bears game How good they were But in this one Because I do very much respect The look of the offense In in Minnesota They did very well To hold them to To the points that they did We saw a bit of aggression Happening though Between uh, Rogers and Lafleur. A couple of like What the fuck was that receiver Doing over there Huh Or the flower As I believe some people
1: Have started calling it The (laughs) flower
0: (laughs) it's very good But um yeah, like it's interesting. Green Bay looked okay, but they did look to be having some of those problems that like new teams with new coaches have.
1: Yeah, like they don't look like Green Bay, right? They're not passing down the field much. Like Devontae Adams got a lot of catches, but not much like explosive plays. Uh, Aaron Jones looked grand, but he's given a lot of carries once again, not that efficient. It's just it's such a it's such a surprisingly unexplosive offense when you consider they have Aaron Rodgers there. Now, maybe Aaron Rodgers on the back end of his career, and that's starting to tell. But still, when you bring in an offensive coach and you have Aaron Rodgers, do you expect fireworks? And we didn't really get them, and the defense has carried this team on its back. Uh, on the other hand, Cousins basically being put in the perfect situation. His defense played really well. Okay, they let them go down by 21 points, but then they shut them down for the second half. He has the best run game in the league, with Dalvin Cook going crazy out of his mind and Madison's been pretty good and he's still throwing it away. He still looks completely unable to grab a game by the balls and actually get it done. Throwing a killer interception in the fourth quarter here. One of those sailing balls into the corner of the um, into the corner of the red zone. Absolutely stupid. Don't know what the hell he was thinking on that Kevin King interception. And you know, it's just it's just classic cousins. I'm sure he'll beat up On the Lions when they play because they're only evens, but
0: this will show you the Kirk Cousins quality. I just I knew it was something hilarious and I looked it up earlier. The game against Atlanta threw ten times, made eight completions, eighty percent completion rate. Against Minnesota, threw thirty-two times, completed fourteen passes. 43.75%, 43.75%, sub-50% completion. Like, this is a team that's going to thrive when they get to play that late 80s kind of style of let's not pass it very much, let's just keep running the ball, you know?
1: Yeah, but you can't rely on that. This isn't the 80s, this is the 2019. The pass game has to deliver. He's not been asked to deliver every game.
0: Yeah, but, but he Cousins keeps delivering deliver the ball to the other fucking like team. Game. That's the problem.
1: If you're you need to deliver in games like these against your divisional rival, this just isn't good enough, and it's all guaranteed so that are stuck with it for at least another year.
0: No, of course, uh, Dallas at Washington, thirty-one to twenty-one. Again, like the Mizungus looking a bit more competitive than you would expect. I would genuinely impress it, like the production they're getting out of what I don't think is a particularly talent-rich uh, roster, because a lot of their pieces are injured that they're looking to find out, uh, but. You know, Cowboys as always look very impressive. Dak looked good. this Calamore offense looking strong? Their defense looking very good. Um, yeah, just you know, overall because like this is this is a big big trip they have to take for this one as well. And normally you underperform on those, particularly against divisional rivals. But yeah, just overall very impressive. Makes me feel good about the Dallas and what our preseason look at them were. Washington makes me a little bit more hopeful for they might be able to get some pieces of this, but like we said, I think they are playoffs or bust for their head coach's job, and it's not looking like playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, Mizzings get the well, you know, the consolation award. It's like, oh, you're doing much better than we expect, honey. Like uh, you, you really tried out there, but at the end of this, you know, season the head coach is going to be gone, a pile of players are going to be gone, and it will all have been for nothing. Uh, Whereas on the Dallas side, yeah, everything's looking great. And, like, the Kellen Moore hype train is, like, going full-on choo-choo at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Dak keeps playing like this, he's only adding probably like a million to his contract every single week. So, we'll see if the Cowboys, how long it takes for them to actually get that money on the table with yeah. him right now.
0: They want to do it as quick as they can. Seattle at Pittsburgh, 28-26. to 26. Uh, Seattle grind out a win here. Looks good. Uh, Metcalf doing real nice things. Really, kind of showing up that he wasn't just the kind of body beautiful that they uh, that he was being accused of during the draft process. He is beautiful, though. He is, to be honest. Um, but yeah, like. Looked like a good performance. Pittsburgh's defense in the first half, in particular, looked very good. How they didn't score off that turnover that they generated is beyond me. Like I know they had the penalty, but then they were so close in. It was just, uh, just, just ridiculous. But yeah, they just really fell off a bit in the second half. They allowed some, con- like some, lo- like third and long conversions to basically end the game. Like Seattle just kind of were able to just take the ball out of their hands and not give it back at the end. Which is a worry, obviously. But you'd kind of think with the backups coming in that they might have done a better job of separating themselves from Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I think Seattle, the best thing that came out of this game was the fact that Brian Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll both decided, hey, you know, this run game, they're obviously selling out for it. And they're also taking away their shot plays, mostly. What if we just do the quick strike passing offense that New England have used to beat up Pittsburgh for nearly a decade now, and they did, and it worked. And then they shot, then they could set up the shot plays. And I may like you know, like I know, hey, reacting to the other defense isn't exactly rocket science. But uh, Seattle, the fact that they're so addicted to running the ball, so addicted to doing that, um, were willing to make that adjustment and then basically kind of trashed the Pittsburgh defense in the second half. Um, was a good sign but the fact that that happened the Pittsburgh defence definitely a worry there That's that's been their weakness for so long doesn't look like it's changed at the moment and I don't think if it's match going to fix that alone so Pittsburgh if this losing streak keeps going I know it's a rookie quarterback but those fans they are pretty demanding who knows how ugly this could get if things start to go oh yeah
0: that. 100% like this is what and I, I said. You would you
1: would be you would be so vindicated <laughs> I know I know
0: it would be <laughs> Um yeah like it's just the, the only thing is that, like, I think Pittsburgh are probably coming up to around the point where they need a bit of a kind of a clear eye, get some new coaching, get some new ideas in there, and I think the injuries that they're having to, like, the quarterback and stuff might just buy a, a a pass. They're not a team that likes to change a lot of stuff very quickly. They, they think they always trot out as, what, four head coaches or five head coaches. Um, yeah, so basically, like... I, I think this might stop the complete implosion because they've now got the excuse of, well, our starting quarterback is out, rather than we need to take a good hard look in the mirror about why we're so terrible. Uh, next up, Buffalo at the Giants, 28-14. to 14. Uh, Josh Allen looked good, 250 yards, good run game happening. A lot of work for Frank Gore in this game, actually, which is uh, <laughs> good to see, good to see. Um, but still, you know... If anything, this entire weekend just made me realize just how gifted to New England that division is. Just always going to be, regardless of how hyped we are about anything else. Um, the Giants look terrible, but you know it's only fitting that this has happened because it. But means they're going to bring in the rookie at least and have a look at that.
1: Yeah, whatever we learned about the Giants' offense, it doesn't really matter now because it's a complete. It'll be changed probably completely when. Uh, Jones comes in Mm -hmm. and their defense is bad we know that it's going to continue to be bad and then for Buffalo they do kind of look like a solid wild card contender difficult to see them overhauling New England with the way they're running at the moment Um, but I think for them if they can get the eight to ten wins that that would require it would be a massive amount of progress I think the fact that Josh Allen is showing a little bit more maturity after his four um, turnovers last year last week and, you know, actually been efficient in the past game, still has the wheels, so he needs them. I think, you know, that's what, like, they're a team that's built around their defense. If their offense can just be solid and not lose them the game, then I think Buffalo should be able to grind out enough wins. I think Josh Allen, it's, you know, he still does enough fun stuff that you're not throwing them in the Titans camp either.
0: Yeah, no, of course. Um, so, yeah, kind of, not, like, there's still a lot more to learn about these, is I don't think the Giants are a test they're probably slightly above Miami in terms of test team to play against, you know. Uh, so we'll see how they go. New England at Miami, forty-three to nothing. Good God, yeah. New England dominate again. They don't play a difficult team until like week seven or eight, is it? Like they've got a, yeah, not until November basically. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Um, Miami look awful everywhere. I can see why everyone wants out of there. Uh there's a fantastic moment where Fitzpatrick tried to pass it to a running back, basically out of his own end zone, and the running back, rather than catch the ball, ducked as if there was someone behind him. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, it's just so bad. I think we've got some questions from the listeners about this, and we'll deal with it then. But like, this team is possibly, and we've seen an 0 and 16, two 0-16 teams, this team is definitely worse than those teams.
1: This is this is tanking taken to a whole new level. Like, I just uh, like this. This is going to get really ugly. So the only real question here is, can Flores survive this level of disaster? Can he just claim it's all plan? It's all part of the master plan. I just like this level. I don't know. You can get away with it, but no. we have another. <clears throat> 14
0: more games to find out, huh? Yeah. Well, who knows they could turn around we get more than 14. <laughs> uh Casey at Oakland 28 to 10. Um yeah, this was this was an interesting one. Oakland got up early, uh, 10 to nothing in the first quarter. So, uh the Chiefs decided in the second <laughs> quarter to play some football. Pat Mahomes threw uh four <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, pretty much just in a row, in a quarter, uh, put them 28 to nothing up, then came back out in the second half, threw another beautiful 75-yard touchdown to... Uh to uh, Miko Hardman, the rookie, that then got put called back on a uh, on a holding penalty against Shady McCoy. And they said, well, look, that seems enough. Let's pack it up there for the afternoon. I was, I, I, I will say I was much more impressed with the Chiefs' defense in this game because we were able to see them actually scheme and do stuff. Like, the Oakland, who are not a great team, but also not a terrible team. They've got the, some pieces on offense. They basically got 10 points in the first quarter and then were shot out from that point onwards, which, yeah, it's always... A nice thing to see.
1: Yeah, like it was like full on, like full verts cheese, like in Madden yeah, going hilarious. on here. Like the the Raiders defenders just like stopping, expecting a curl route, and like Mahomes like, no, I'm going deep, and it's like, and then he did it again, and they're like, they still thought, oh, he's gonna pass it off the running back. No, the ring back's gonna run right past you. Okay, <laughs> it's a little bit deeper. It's just like it was, it was truly dispiriting <laughs> if you're John Gruden to just watch Mahomes just. Destroy you for a quarter and then the second half was just kind of like Well, this game's done. We don't want to anger no. him again So let's just like settle down and keep this boring no. for the next two quarters keep the score down and not get completely embarrassed here." Yeah, like
0: the chief, the chief's running game was a concern in this because there was nothing happening in it But they didn't care because all they were doing was just running clock
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and Demarcus Robinson finally has that breakout game you've been predicting for a uh, I think a year and something at this
0: point. Yeah, it was last year I drafted him and I said he's probably too young for it. And even this year, it's only because of the injury they actually got really into the squad. This is the thing, like they're the type of receivers that work really well with Mahomes, but I think at the moment it's pretty much any receivers would work well with Mahomes. Dante Moncrief could score a touchdown on this Chiefs team, I
1: think, at this point. Pro tip to defensive coordinators, instruct your defensive backs to follow the receivers and not stick to shallow zone yeah. against Patrick Mahomes. There was, there was,
0: there was an interesting, interesting <laughs> thing, though, that like when you were talking about the Seattle game, about the, the adjustment, like what it was is in the first half, they said, look, we're not going to let them do what they did last week. So they just came a load of press, man. But the difference is Mahomes is able to kind of hold and move the pocket a little bit to give you enough time. The press man suddenly becomes the, oh, shit, there's not four safeties on the field. What are we going to do? <laughs> um, yeah, so it'll be good fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the game next week because I think we'll get a really interesting one there. New Orleans at the Rams. This was shaping up to be nice. And then, uh, like we said, the uh, the Aaron Donald high five happened and it suddenly became not much of a game. Nine to twenty seven. There was, again, (laughs) referee controversy against the Saints because it seems we can't have a game between these teams without that happening. They blew a fumble recovery dead, uh, which they're told not to do. Yeah, just overall, like, New Orleans weren't really in this game that much once the injury and stuff happened. The Rams didn't blow me away with what they did, but, you know, they're... Yeah, like...
1: They look the same, but not not as exciting. Basically, they don't look. They look to be suing the same things, but people have adjusted a bit. It still works because McVeigh is obviously still very smart. But I think people have learned how to stop it destroying them. And with the exception of a Cooper Cup uh, pass that went past them, and really when the Saints were kind of already killing themselves out, uh, at that point. Yeah, it, it looks good, and obviously with Gurley only playing 60% of the snaps because of his knees, I think that has an effect as well. So the Rams, they still look like a solid team. They still look like a good team, probably a, definitely a playoff contender, but maybe just lack that little bit of juice that they had last year. Uh, obviously, thinking back to that amazing KC game, um, they just don't look quite like that, but maybe they can, they can come into that as the year goes on. And for the Saints, yeah, it looked really bad once Breeze went, so... We'll, we'll give them a pass this time Because it's in the middle of the game But definitely worrying signs on both sides of the ball there
0: Yeah, no, of course Chicago at Denver, 16-14 to An ugly, ugly, ugly game Chicago eking out the win here Again, defense is looking okay But offense is like If this is how Mitch Trubisky is going to play this year They need to draft a quarterback Like, Yeah This
1: is <laughs> If Chicago need to draft a quarterback, the Broncos probably need a quarterback as well, but they did draft you lock. But they definitely need a new left tackle because Garrett Bowles (laughs) is a flag, man. He's just like, give me those flags. I eat flags for breakfast. Holding, holding, holding. Him and Ronald Leary was ridiculous. The only good thing about this game was the ending. Like, Flacco taking Denver down in, like, a two-minute drill to get a touchdown Drive, where they were down by one they went for two got a flag on their two point attempt Got well, they decided to go for the PAT then the defence got a flag <laughs> on the kick attempt so they went back to the two point attempt scored that uh, nice pass to Emmanuel Sanders 31 seconds left on the clock Chicago get the ball they have a couple of plays but the big yards come on a play where Bradley Chubb is called on let's be honest, a bullshit, roughing (laughs) the passer, like the weight rule, bullshit again, like, he didn't have anywhere to go, he he jumped, he jumped at him, and that, well, unless you expect him to jump midair sideways, uh, (laughs) it didn't work, and then Pinheiro, Eddie Pinheiro, who won the kicking battle, obviously a big controversy, after the parking situation, Hmm. in, in Chicago, Pinheiro, 53 yards, walk off kick, gets it, win, hero,
0: yeah, it's what? a good way to exercise yeah. those demons from the double doik and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> good God, this was a terrible game of football. Oh, yeah, everything
1: else was. Just, just watch the last two minutes. And just forget the rest
0: of that. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia and Atlanta, 20 to 24. Um, yeah, Atlanta get the win here. But they just, like, they were trying to give this game away. There's something lacking in this team. And I don't know what it is. Is it. Blanky. Yeah, it's just like, because they've got all the they've got all the skill that you'd want on the roster. When you look at the roster, the roster's good. Like maybe you do, maybe you run your defense a little bit differently. Maybe you want a bit more weight instead of speed or something. But like they've got players, but it just feels like something's not quite right.
1: They're soft, soft color, soft mm. yellow belly, little boys, twenty eight and three. Etc.
0: Etc.
1: Yeah. Like they like to be honest. Atlanta have always been a little bit soft. Ooh. Even like when they went on that run, they just happen to be like so hyper powered uh, when they went to the Super Bowl. But yeah, they just they just don't keep leads. They don't have an offense that's really consistent. They're so reliant on Julio and Calvin Ridley to bail Matt Ryan out, who just hasn't been good this season. Yeah. And against a Philly team that. You know, still played well and had a shit ton of injuries during this on both sides of the ball. Um, Yeah, like Philly could have easily won this game um, if Nelson Aguilar could catch the damn ball. Yeah, like
0: they uh, had, they had, they had. Was it two wide receivers left active on the roster at the end of this game? Like,
1: so yeah, like Atlanta, you got the win. Well done. That will matter in a NFC set that's suddenly very threadbare. um, But I think if we were picking a team.
0: On any given Sunday, I think Philly would be the team we'd pick. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, and finally, the hype train impact uh, Cleveland at the New York Jets, twenty-three to three. Cleveland got the win here, but. Let's be honest. Both teams looked poor. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. had a good day. So it's nice to see that connection's up and running. But the Jets were missing a couple of pieces and just just, just was nothing happening. Obviously, like we said, they were down to their third string quarterback for yeah, the majority the of this game. Um, OBJ got pulled off because of his mirrored visor. Apparently he had to go off, swap it for one that wasn't mirrored and then come back on. Um, yeah... Like, Cleveland looked okay, but they're just trying to do so many bits of tricky things. Like, at the heart of it, they've got a couple of, like, you know, the top five, top ten at their position talents on that offense. At a certain point, you don't need to do three tricky things in a play. You just get it in the hands of, like, Odell Beckham Jr. or Nick Chubb or, like, any of these players who they have. of like just so many of them that they could just be using rather than fucking around essentially.
1: Yeah, I I hope that it clicks. I hope that they simplify down or that these things start coming together. But I do think to a certain extent, you know, this isn't something you don't get to experiment around. If you start losing games, you're not going to be relevant. And when you look at like, compare someone like Cleveland against a team like Baltimore where they're ready, where they could make additions on the fly last year, it just looks like, yeah, they, they don't know exactly what they're doing. And for a first-time first, he- our first time head coach at Freddie Kitchens, it's a little bit of concern. Because they only have so much rope with this hype before things start getting pretty ugly, in my opinion.
0: Oh, yeah, no, 100%. And with that, we'll move on to some questions from you, the listeners. Okay, this one comes in from Michael. He says, are these injuries freak accidents or caused by the age profile of players old guard playing longer? So I think there's a, a lot of quarterback injuries, and for the most part, outside of Mr. Makeout King himself in New Jersey, <laughs> uh, it tends to be older players who are getting these injuries. Uh, and I suppose there is probably a question to be had in that, that players are playing longer, particularly at the quarterback position now, so they're probably more susceptible to these injuries by being older players. Uh, Like, Ben has been knocked around a lot and has had those types of injuries beforehand. Breeze has been rather resilient uh, for, like, an undersized guy playing. And, uh, obviously, Eli Manning, it isn't an injury, more it's just a, you know, body breaking down decline. He hasn't got the speed and the zip and everything. But I I suppose there is probably an element of this class of quarterbacks for the last, you know, know, 15 to 20 years that... They have been fairly... It's been pretty much the same group. There hasn't been that many who have broken into it.
1: Yeah, like, when you consider, like, who are the elite quarterbacks, you know, it's been those guys, the breeze uh, Manning, um, Rivers, uh, Roethlisberger, that kind of class has been... There's been a couple of people who broke through, like Cam, though now he's breaking down, mm-hmm. um, probably because mm-hmm. of the way he plays. Russell An- Wilson does An- yeah, really good.
0: Andrew, Andrew Luck, and he's retired because of yeah. the injuries. Like, it's... Uh,
1: Yeah, but I think the ones, you know, I I think, you know, Tom Brady obviously just exists and is changing, like how we even benchmark what it is to be, longevity means. Like retiring when you're in your late 30s is expected. That's what we expect to happen. It's just that Tom Brady exists. So we're like, well, why can't everyone be Tom Brady? Well, not everyone else you know, eats avocado ice cream as a treat and has a supermodel, like, wife who could just kind of take care, like, take care of him so he can have a more expensive offensive line. It's just, yeah, like, I think as you get older, more injuries are more likely, but to be fair, I think this week was legitimately just a bit of a, a bit of variance. I don't think uh, we'll see too much more of this, but I think, yeah, we are missing maybe that next crop of
0: True franchise faces yeah
1: because um, all,
0: all, all those ones in the middle that we kind of talk about like you've got your like James Winston Marcus Mariota Teddy Bridgewater like even Kirk Cousins all these guys who are like you know they are the starters they were the ones who were picked up highly to try and get in these positions but they're not really there RG3 got injured so he was out of the league so th- I think there is probably a gap in this kind of feeder system up to the the higher echelons within the quarterback grouping. But, um, no, it's an interesting take there. Thanks for that, Michael. And uh, this one comes in from Julie, and she says, uh, what could be done to stop teams from being able to tank for a draft pick? Uh, She says, in the Dolphins, players are also leaving, so it's not just management, it's also a lack of talent. So suppose this is the thing, of like, it's very important.
1: What about an innovative solution, Connor? Bringing back one of your old ideas, I believe, like... uh a bottom of the well, top of the draft tournament of some type, you <laughs> know, one versus two, maybe expand it a bit further. Maybe mm. the bottom four fight for like a like in a, a mini playoffs for that top number one pick. That's not a realistic solution, no, because so the, it'll probably be the one that's funnest and the one that would punish the, the hard tanker the most.
0: It's true, but the problem with that one is if you are if you're on a tanking team. So you're the quarterback on the Dolphins in this Battle Royale. Like, do you really want them to get the number one pick and replace you? Like, you're going to throw that game. It's like, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's when we are at our lowest so that we saying, must tank our hardest.
1: You're saying we need a big bonus for the players who win as well.
0: Yeah, something like that. So then I know like the NBA got so tired of this happening that they now introduced a kind of lottery system. So I think it's like and I, I don't know exactly is it is it lottery system by like grouping so like top five yeah, it, next five it's
1: weighted it's a weighted yeah. lottery uh, so you know if you do worse you are more likely to get a, a lower pick but yeah there's a, a chance element to stop the full on tank as well yeah fair enough yeah because I think
0: that there is going to have to be a review because like looking at this there's no way you can say this Dolphins team is trying to win they're selling off all the talent they can and the thing is there is a legitimate strategic approach that you could say they're taking of like, look, we're not going to win. We might as well get rid of this. Is, uh, is, is, is uh, a hybrid safety that we play out of position in our defence really going to be something that's going to push us over the edge? Or is having an additional first round pick to be able to look at new talent and rebuild from the ground up going to do it?
1: I kind of I can see where they're coming from but it hasn't it never really worked in the NFL to be honest. The only times that like having a lot of picks has worked for a team is where that team was already pretty good. I've never there's never really been a full on round from the ground up rebuild based on accumulating picks that's really worked. Like, Cleveland is really the current experiment from the Sashi era. Yeah. And right now, it doesn't look like it's working to me.
0: No, and it's it's also that thing of, like, it's not something you can do in a year. You have to be pretty consistently bad for a few years for it and just keep accumulating capital. Um,
1: Plus, the variance is so much higher in football. I'm not sure it's worth it. Whereas... You have so many games in the other sports that you like, yeah, having the best roster on average might make sense at the end. Yeah. And obviously there's so much fewer players usually in those sports as well.
0: No, of course, of course. So, um, yeah, we'll have a think about it and see if we can come up with anything for next week. But uh, we'll move on and we'll have a look at our picks for the games that are upcoming for week three. Okay, so first up we've got Tennessee at Jacksonville. I will not be watching this game. Not watching it at all. I actually, it's in Jacksonville. Gardner Mintrew and his awesome <laughs> porn stash. Um, yeah, we're both going for Tennessee. This game is yeah. boring as shit. Uh, it's it's nearly a bad decision though because you're always going to take the home team on the Thursday
1: night games. But... Like, there's always like a terrible like AFC South like uh, Thursday night football game early on in the season, and it's always a waste of time. And I don't expect anything different no. <laughs>
0: Next up, Miami at Dallas. Both got Dallas. We just discussed Miami there. They are... Yeah. Like, I, I, I'd be surprised if the players just don't start, like, intentionally putting seven or eight people on the field instead and just letting penalties score against them rather than risk their own bodies for this terrible tanking experience that's happening. It's just awful. Cincinnati at Buffalo... <laughs> This this is not starting as a strong slate of games. This one's a bit better at least. Uh, I've gone for Cincinnati, and you've gone for Buffalo.
1: Your your faith in the Cincinnati Bengals is admirable. I must admit that, Connor. I, I like how you're knocking off the bandwagon. You're going to stick to it. But let's be honest: the Cincinnati Bengals right now look like better than we expected, but nowhere near being one of the better teams in the league. And you know, Buffalo have been solid. Yes, Josh Allen's thrown the mistakes. Uh, yes, they probably will still be relying on Frank Gore, but I think that defense is good enough to shut down most of what Cincinnati's doing, um, and because uh, it's been okay but not overwhelming, uh, and I just think Buffalo at home in particular should be able to take care of Cincinnati. Um, but you know your your belief, you know, bless you, Connor. <laughs> I, the
0: thing is, I like I don't think they're going to be great. I have them. My prediction for them is going like nine and seven and missing the playoffs, which is roughly. Where I had Buffalo, I think. I don't think I had them a million miles apart. I just think... Like, I don't trust this Buffalo team. They've got a slight injury to the rookie running back, so we don't know if he's going to be playing for them. Cincinnati, yeah, looked overmatched against the 49ers, but, yeah, like, the 49ers played a bit differently from what they did. Buffalo, they know what Buffalo are. Uh, I think these are fairly on-par teams. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Detroit at Philadelphia. We've both gone for Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Um, I don't think there's much to say apart from, like, I just really don't rate the Lions at all. And I think Philly are good.
1: Philly are better, and we don't want Detroit to win because they're not interesting. Be yeah. interesting, maybe we'll start picking you, Detroit.
0: Yeah, maybe. and also, like, the Philly the Philly thing is, like, <laughs> they should have won the game last week apart from the fact that they were literally starting paper bags at, at, at wide receiver by the end of it. Like, they just didn't I know, Paper bags are catch better
1: than Agler, I feel. <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> at least you have something to aim for.
0: <laughs> yeah, next up, the Jets at New England. We've both gone for New England. Do do we need to explain this?
1: Uh, like, Lev Bell... God bless you. Like, have fun. I'm sure you'll actually get plenty of touches. It'll be okay, but yeah, New England are going to absolutely smash yeah. the Jets and, like the Jets you know, are coming Jets.
0: in with a with their third string quarterback.
1: Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be ugly. Not Miami ugly. Like, at least like the only good thing for the Jets is that Miami played the week before, so it'll be hard to do worse than
0: that. That's true. Uh, <laughs> and this 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 tomato can setup for New England continues to roll on. Um, Atlanta at Indianapolis. You've taken Atlanta, and I have not picked a team yet for this (laughs) one. Yeah, because I don't trust Atlanta. And the thing is, I kind of like Indianapolis' roster, but I don't trust them to do well. I'm just going to go with Indianapolis. Because, look, they've got good pieces on that team. They've got a nice roster. They're not overly exciting, but they're workmanlike. we'd (laughs) say. Whereas Atlanta, I don't know, like Atlanta on the road... Not being great so far this year, kind of looking into the win that they got, I don't know. like. It's a coin flip for me.
1: Yeah, like Atlanta are kind of like my cincy at this point. I kind of believed them in the preseason. I still believe they have just too much talent not to do well this year, or at least not be competitive. I think Indy that they're they're a solid team. They're very they're making the best of what they have. But I just think the the talent disparity Atlanta if they hit their stride could
0: put up enough points to just kind of keep Indy out of this being relevant. No, of course. Uh, Oakland and Minnesota we've both gone for Minnesota. Yeah, Oakland have looked better but Minnesota does look a class above. Good defense, incredible running game and this is not a winning team so Cousins should be okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's QED. Yeah, my the next one's my pick of the week. Uh, Baltimore at Kansas City. Uh, we've both gone for Kansas City. To be honest, I'm, I was almost taken Baltimore in this one I just think it'll be I think this will be a very exciting game I think this could be high scoring um, see have a Mahomes, pick up
1: a Holmes that, that's pretty much I'm going yeah the it's a
0: pretty it's safe. a pretty safe approach to go for <laughs> to be honest um, yeah no just like it'll be very exciting on offense I think it'll be interesting because it'll be the first proper kind of challenge that Baltimore's defense would have faced and to be honest to an extent Kansas City as well Oakland were good but Oakland's offense hasn't been as prolific as Baltimore's, but I also I don't know how good this Baltimore team is so I'm really intrigued to see it so I'm just dying to watch that one on the weekend I just think it'll be great fun and I think if you have <laughs> any interest in fantasy football just like pick up pieces that are playing in that game and hope you land the one that's you know the roulette of which receiver is Mahomes going to throw five touchdowns to uh, we'll start spinning now uh, next up we have Denver at Green Bay we've both gone for Green Bay
1: yeah like it's unfortunately this could end up being quite similar to the game we saw between Denver and Chicago, very defensive. But you know, my hope is that Green Bay will start to find their feet offensively and start doing some more exciting things outside the run game. Uh, Denver just don't look like a team with a purpose right now. A lot of veterans, but lacking basic kind of winning potential. So for me, Green Bay at least there's some interesting things there. Denver just feel like an afterthought already.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Next up, Carolina, Carolina at Arizona. Uh, I can't believe this. We've both picked Arizona in this game. The issue is obviously Cam. He's been terrible. He's injured. We don't know what they're doing at the backups. Kyler Murray looked a little bit better last game. Maybe they'll be able to get a bit more against this defense. Yeah.
1: Let's be honest, we don't feel great about picking Arizona. I don't think no. we're ever going to feel good about Arizona this year. But uh, like, if they are going to get a win against Carolina, they couldn't have picked probably a better time than right now with a either injured Cam or Kyle Allen coming off with the least amount of preparation. And maybe that one quarter they do really well, they'll get the fella all the way into the, into the, into the end zone yeah. um, rather than relying on the red zone offense. No. Who knows?
0: True, true. Uh, Next up, New York Giants at Tampa Bay. I've gone for the Giants and you've gone for Tampa Bay. Uh, Tell me. Yes,
1: basically similar to like Tampa Bay won last week by stopping the run game. The run game is basically the Giants' offense. Danny Dimes. Danny Danny Dimes changes the thing. I think I picked this before that, but even with Danny Dimes, I just kind of feel like the Giants may lack the explosive weapons outside Saquon Barkley to take full advantage I mm-hmm. let's be honest both of these teams are perfectly capable of losing any game um, so this is really just a shit sheet to this, this,
0: this is a really interesting matchup because you're going to have Jameis Winston trying to throw interceptions and New York Giants defensive backs <laughs> not able to catch them it's going to be oh it's a tough one mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Next up, we got New Orleans at Seattle. We've both gone for Seattle. I think this one's pretty obvious. Seattle at home, New Orleans on the road. They don't like going up north. They don't like playing outside, and they've got a backup quarterback. I think I give them a bit more of a chance if Taysom Hill is in. I think than Teddy Bridgewater. But um, but yeah, just I, I. Seattle managed to do it on the road in Pittsburgh. I think they can do it against a backup for New Orleans. Yeah, that's the hope anyway. Yeah. Next up, we have. Ronan's pick of the week, Houston char- Houston at L.A., Chargers. Yeah,
1: like I, I think traditionally I have preferred these kind of you know, marginal teams. And I think Houston and the Chargers right now are both teams like fuzzy. Fuzzy, no idea where they are between being genuine contenders and being possible flops the entire season. Houston obviously have Deshaun Watson, their defense has JJ Watt uh, and Whitney Merciless. There is talent. There are sparks of incredible talent on that team. Of course they are at Laramie Tunsell as well at the offensive line. But the holes continue to be massive gaping holes that Bill O'Brien only encourages to rip wider open when he gets the opportunity uh, by cutting someone or trading someone. Um, so Houston Deshaun Watson can do anything along with DeAndre Hopkins, so I'll never count them out. But I think the Chargers are definitely on paper a more complete team. Philip Rivers is a probably you know, up, not quite there with Deshaun Watson anymore, but still up there as one of the mm. better quarterbacks. I think the defensive line is good. They have Bosa, uh, they have Ingram, and I think that's what will make the difference. I expect this to be another game where Deshaun Watson gets absolutely pummeled for 60 minutes. He'll still make plays, but I think that will be enough to basically mean that the chargers offense which has looked a little bit more questionable than i would have hoped um should get enough points um but definitely concerns over these two teams over where they are really as contenders in the AFC. oh yeah
0: like my my, my only thought really on this is uh the chargers don't have any starting safeties and houston can throw deep to nuke so <laughs> just just hope they just keep doing that all game uh, next up pittsburgh at san francisco i've gone for san francisco and you've gone for pittsburgh
1: uh, I think I might have done this before, the, uh, <laughs> but, even, but like I, li- I liked what I saw from the, the kid. And I think San Francisco, I don't know, San Francisco just seemed like a really flaky team to me. I know they dominated Cincinnati, and they have a good chance of winning here, but I just kind of feel like Pittsburgh, They are. I, obviously you don't believe in the culture there, but I do believe they have a winning culture there, and if they're going to turn around, it's going to have to be in this game. Um, so this is a You know Shit or get off the pot Type game for Pittsburgh And I think In those situations They might rally around And actually be able to do it In San
0: Fran Maybe uh, We'll see I just think San Fran looked decent They've got a good Stable of running backs I like the offensive system They have Pittsburgh's Defence Is questionable I don't think A guy Coming over And having probably What Two days practice Before he's put on the field Is going to change That secondary for them Um yeah, and I just—I'm just, just gonna—I'm just gonna continue my backing the Pittsburgh slow descent into madness this season. Because <laughs> uh, why not? Uh, Rams at Cleveland. We've just gone for Rams. Yeah. Cleveland didn't yeah. look up to scratch last week.
1: Right. We'll be here if you show us something, Cleveland. But I think right now we're off the train we want to get back on but right now we have to be off it and the Rams just look like a, they're not, you know, a less explosive version of last year but that was a really good team so that's okay
0: yeah no of course and finally uh, Chicago at Washington this is an interesting one cause, yeah yeah because Washington it's looked true. like they can play a half well and <laughs> Chicago the Bears
1: just grinded out for yeah, four quarters
0: yeah like Chicago's got a great defense and then at quarterback like, yeah. <laughs> Mitch Tinnies! Yeah, like Mitch Tinnies is not a good card. I've gone for Chicago, you've gone for the Mazungus. I'm just going to go on the basis of like, they've got a defense, they've got some running backs that they actually started using a bit last week, and like overall, Washington is a trash franchise owned by trash people, and they're impossible to root for. Yeah, like I'm
1: not rooting for them in any (laughs) sense, but uh, you know, if you are going to make your team. You know, non hateable. You put in someone like Case Keenum. You're know, like your top receiver, is someone called Terry McLaurin. <laughs> that's, like a, that's a cool receiver name. Like, it's like, it sounds kind of like McLaren. Like, that's pretty cool. Uh, and the defense, I think the defense has been solid for a while now when they're not injured. So maybe they can do something here. Like, I think, like, both these things are very, very questionable. Um, so I think you pick either one. But, you know, I kind of think the Mazungus are due a win. I think they've done enough to. Deserve something. I think Chicago have not deserved the one win they even have, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So that'll be interesting. I think so far we're neck and neck on our picks.
1: Yeah, uh, and yeah, like we have kind of, yeah, we split the disagreements. So yeah, that's the
0: be, yeah. Because I, I, I think like, I don't, I not haven't been tracking like our total scores. I've just been saying like where we disagreed, and it's like, well, I got two of those right, and you got two of those right, so uh, I guess we're just
1: about even there, buddy. But let's just disagree at six.
0: Let's see how far we can push this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, which three have I got right? And which three have you got right? I don't know. No, it'll be good fun. But yeah, so suppose any any plans for the next few days?
1: Uh, well, the Rugby World Cup is starting this weekend. A uh, Big game with, uh, with Scotland, Scotland on the Sunday. There's, a big, uh, uh, there, there,
0: there's one really good game on on the Saturday,
1: is it, Yeah, I think, I think it's uh, New Zealand, South Africa. Yeah, that's uh, one. I won't try the accents there, to be honest. Uh, but, South yeah, Africa. Like, Rugby World Cup. It's all early in the morning uh, for us. I think it's a little bit uh, later for Lunchtime yourself Lunch time for yeah.
0: me, I think. Lunch time. But my lunch problem lunch. is that my uh, like my my weekend is Friday Saturday. So I'm actually in work when the Ireland match. up
1: is that a problem, though, Conor? You know. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one small note: like he hasn't confirmed yet, but we're sending uh, one of the statisticians on our team. going to a, an event in Washington Ooh. on Monday. Um, so I've suggested to them, and he is intrigued by the idea of going to the uh, Mzungus game. Oh. With the Mzungus having gone 0-2 so far, despite looking okay, as I said, um, I'd say the tickets might be fairly cheap. Cheap so as hell. Also, if you, if know, you, if way you way want to get onto him. The plane,
0: if you so, want to get the, the guy who works so. with you into the sport, don't send him to Chicago at Washington. Like, that would turn anyone <laughs> off the sport. You'll have, no, fu- have the foot bad. at the game, I suppose, at least. We've
1: seen some pretty bad games in London. It didn't temper my uh, temper my enthusiasm that much. That's true, that's true. But, um,
0: yeah, so we've got, we've got our first graduating class in work now. So uh, a, the university's got its first graduating class happening on Thursday. So that'll be exciting. They've got, like, huge st- sound stages and everything getting set up there at the moment. So I think it's going to be a huge setup for, like... 30 graduating students <laughs> it'll be uh, it be exciting time yeah,
1: it's America it's an American university it's we true. we'll have we'll,
0: we'll, we'll have fireworks and all that kind of stuff it'll be great <laughs> but, um, but yeah no so uh, I suppose we'll wrap up for now we've got a couple of nice games coming out. So there's always fire sing questions if you want on uh, email, Facebook, Twitter all that kind of stuff we don't check all of them but the ones that we do we take the questions from so uh, yeah keep up that way but I suppose for now it's bye from myself bye from Ronan this has been all four quarters. Thanks so much for listening and we'll chat to you next week.